Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Uptime Community. We're so glad that you could join us to live today. Today's date is April 19th in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Greg Messina, and if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We want to make this an interactive forum, so we do welcome your questions and your comments. And of course, we do welcome back our usual uptime panel. I said it right this time, uptime panel. Uh, we bring back Brother Joe, Brother Kevin, and Brother Bob. Welcome back, gentlemen. Hey, everybody. Hello. Thanks. Thanks for having us back. Absolutely. We're glad to have you. We have uh, Bible Gateway verse of the day up, and uh, this is 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty through 22. But now Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam we all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. All right. Well, we, uh, we do welcome all of you, and uh, we, uh, we hope you all enjoyed your week. We all hope you had a great week. Um, I do want to wish uh, our brother here, uh, Kevin, a Ooh. happy birthday. Oh, um, well, happy birthday, brother! All right, happy birthday! Uh, but we uh, we do have a friend uh, from up north that wants to uh, just celebrate in your birthday, uh, your birthday here tonight. So we do hey. welcome. Ah, uh, you betcha! You <laughs> betcha! But Canadian bacon, Bob. Your uh, Kevin, I tell you, man, I've been doing a lot of traveling here and. Uh, from everyone around the world that loves you, man. Happy birthday! Thank you know you. when when you start getting as old as I am, though, you know you, you don't you really don't celebrate birthdays anymore. Put that back up there, Bob. Go ahead. But, uh, yeah, there you go. That's uh, uh thank you. That's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, Carl Amen. Carl Rove showed me how to do that. That's, uh, that's right. Yeah, on his whiteboard, that, right? That, yeah. that goofy guy on Fox. <clears throat> that's anyway. Uh, it's been really quite a winter up here it's been unbelievable just cold how cold is it oh it's gonna snow again they got wow two feet of snow in minot we we've had we've had all kinds of snow here but but anyway uh my first cousin bob he's been in seattle and uh he wanted me to say hello to y'all i think he's gonna see if he can pop in here in a few minutes but <laughs> it's, it's good to see you guys again uh you got that beard going again hawkman yeah, it wouldn't. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, you know, it just keeps on coming back. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I have to get rid of it again, but it's not. It's certainly not as long as it was before. So, um, yeah. you know, but uh, it doesn't surprise me that Robert Hagen would come in and talk about my birthday. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting. I'm one year closer to you right now. So there you go. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, thanks very much. I appreciate that. You know, it's, um, yeah, one, I guess at a certain point, they the birthdays are like, you know, mm, they come around, you're just like, yep, there, well, there's another one. I made it to the next year, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. You, 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 look, uh, you look good, man. Uh, yeah, not bad and, for and, 70, uh, right? Yeah. So. Is, that, is that how old you are? <laughs> Yeah, but you know it's been, uh, and, and you you bring a you bring a uh, you bring an awful lot to the table as far as uh, your knowledge of the word, and and you bless a lot of people, and uh, you certainly bless me, and I'm sure the other guys here. 
Um, I, I've, I've missed being with you guys the last couple of weeks, but I've had the opportunity to go out and see my 100-year-old grandma or my mother. She's, she's like a grandma almost. She's so old, but she's still doing well, you know. Um, nice. Still has her beans. Uh, she's still still pretty sharp. Uh, she can't walk too well anymore, but, you know, she's doing pretty good. Saw my sister and my brother, my younger sister and brother out there too. So, yeah. But it's good to be back. Good to be back. Well, so both of us kind of went and visited some family over the past month. Um, yeah, sure did. Yeah, it's too. It's too. It's just too bad that they um, that the judge ruled on this mask uh, mandate stuff a couple of days ago, <laughs> rather than a month ago. That would have been better. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but hey, you know, better later than never, right? I, I suppose so. People got got some of their liberty back, um, which is nice. Uh, That's good. Yeah. Joe, it's it's good to see you. Good to see you, Bobby. You good to see you, guys. Yeah. Hey. So, uh, Brother Bob, Barber, uh, you do have a number of things you want to share with us today, and maybe we should get into that in the first hour. And then in the second hour, we thought we'd do something interesting, something fun, something different. Um, hmm. We're going to do a little bit of um, uh, playing devil's advocate. Oh. I said the word. I said devil. Oh, wow. Um, so, uh, you, you know, I think it's good to kind of do a little role play and trying to figure out what other people who are, you know, against pre-trib, whether they're mid-trib or post-trib believers, um, have, you know, what kind of questions they bring up. And we can bring up those questions here. And um, I guess I can be elected to be the, the advocate, okay? Um, okay. I didn't bring any horns or anything, so don't... Um, <laughs> So I apologize for that. But anyway, uh, or maybe not. So I think we're going to do that in the second hour. But uh, I think uh, we could also get some questions from the audience, too. Anything that we may be missing that you think is brought up usually in terms of uh, a question that a post-tribber would have. Okay. Someone who does not believe in the pre-trib um, doctrine, pre-trib theology, so to speak. So what do you guys think about this? Good. Yeah, it's interesting. Right I think, uh, you know, it'd be it'd be interesting to see like what the five of us come up with along with the people who are watching and and try to f formulate some good answers to these questions amongst all of us. I think that with this group um, and people who are in the chat, we could probably come up with uh, some nice, concise answers to these questions um, because you're right; these things do come up quite a bit people ask and the word says that we need to have, we need to be ready to have a word, um, you know, to show the hope that we have. So um, not just for salvation, but other things too, like the rapture, like sanctification and what that's all about and things like that. So it helps people to, um, who have these questions, um, especially if you have a nice answer for them. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's a good way of not getting into a, uh, an argument or debate, uh, we we could all just bring this up together and uh, not fight about it. And we know that we're all kind of on the same page for the most yeah. part. Right. So I think it's a good thing. And I think it'll be very interesting. And we want the audience to participate, too. So come up with your questions. And I think that we have not come up with. And, uh, you know, let us know. Let it. We'll do that for the second hour. Um, but anyway, good. I want to, you know, I want everybody a, a chance give everyone a chance to speak. Brother Joe, how was your week? Everything good? Yeah, I had a good week. I was happy to see that um, 
it took the scales a while, but they're starting to balance out as far as some people's liberties. But I think the uh, world that we're living in, um, as we know, um, the little horn doesn't have full power yet. So, you know, God's, God's still protecting us. And the way evil works right now is that they have to set things back to, you know, to, 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 to where it benefits us, even though they do these little spurts every couple of years. But the, um, you know, the, you know, the freedom that we have, whether it be uh, pretend or not, you know, um, always tips back, I noticed. So they lifted this mandate. And then at the same time in California, you have judges uh, refusing to evict people up until 2025. So I think throughout certain states, you're going to see the scales balance in other ways. I, I think that lawlessness is uh, growing rapidly in other places because, you know, uh, these are large parts of Babylon and, you know, whatever mm-hmm. their agenda is there. But um, so I was happy to see that, you know, and people, you know, I also know that we're heading into the biggest travel month of the year. So, you know, they want to um, set it all off at the same time. It's never coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see something interesting with a small clip of our, uh, Presidente standing with a few Easter bunnies um, and his wife um, being a ventriloquist on a hot mic telling him to keep waving. So once I. Come on, man. <laughs> I love that. Uh, when I heard her say on the hot mic, keep waving, I said, man, I, you know, this is, this is theater. This is beyond theater. I can only imagine the creeps behind the real table. Um, Joey's nothing. He's nothing. Um, you know, she scares me more than him. But, um, you know, that just shows you that, you know, they get caught, you know, here and there, whether they want you to know it or not, whatever the reasoning is. But, um, you know, so we, you know, we keep seeing we keep seeing, you know, little drops of uh, truth come out, even though none of us really need it. We know what's going on, but um, it's just lining up everything from the market. Um, so, you know, the heroes getting lined up, whether it be. uh the orange guy or somebody else, um, you know, the crash is about to start. It's starting now. So I think the next six months into the winter, I think um, Joe's dark winter was going to be this one coming up, not last year. So, mm-hmm. and they keep using, um, you know, what's going on in Russia because they need something to make excuses for. So I think it's going to get hotter in the next two months. And I think with this eclipse coming up um, in May, uh, I, Bob can correct me, but I think it's the last blood moon of the Tetrad um, for this cycle. Um, so I could see them really lighting off a nice uh, fire with that. So I'm excited to see what happens with that. Um, the Raptor dreams are still off the charts online. And uh, people are even, you know, it's just, you know, multiple, multiple Raptor dreams for some people in the same week. People that haven't had them in two years. It's been firing up for them. So I'm excited. So, you know. This week I'm seeing good activity and it's moving real fast. Amen. All right. Kevin, uh, I think you, yeah, go ahead. I think that the funniest thing that I saw and it's just, it's become just the norm is just like yet another one of these interactions with the president that just never would have happened in, I mean, never had happened in history. 
and through our presidents and then you look at it again it's like the easter bunny coming up and going like it's like stopping and they're like yeah. I mean, the easter bunny guiding them over i mean it was just like wow so like are the president of the united states is taking orders from the easter bunny i mean i, I think that was obama i mean it, it, it was, it's, it's just it's it's really remarkable that we that we look at that and that people look at it that and that, that it's not such a you know it was written about it was talked about a little bit but it i mean it's just so commonplace now for this guy to do that <laughs> did you see earlier this week he was shaking hands with like nobody with the invisible man well maybe, i mean maybe there was somebody there to him yeah, I mean that, that's that's what that's really right. the concern, isn't it? Is that <laughs> yeah. he sees something that we don't see? Who is she shake, shaking hand with there? Um, it's it's quite interesting of what's going on here, um, you know. But anyway, um, other than that, the week was uh, you know was I mean with all these things to watch, there's it's never boring and. Um, you know, and so we, had, you know, obviously there was still war going on, um, you know, in Eastern Europe. And, uh, uh, you know, we got to pray for the people there. I mean, they didn't ask for that, you know, um, just could you imagine? I mean, just like city of 450,000 people is like down to like 60,000 now or something like that, because most of them just had to leave. Could you imagine? I mean, that that's like a big city, 450 grand Um you got all you know your job there, your your kids, your home, whole thing, and you just gotta like it's it's just destroyed now. It's hard it's hard to believe. Um, and, you know we're very blessed to live here in this in this country for right now. I mean, regardless of how bad it is, and and with you know the crazies that are trying to control this country, um, we still have it. Um, you know we're still here. We're still meeting every week in, from our homes. And uh, and God's allowing us to do that, and so we thank Him for that, and um, and hope it continues until um, until we're here no more. So you know that's all we can really pray for. Um, but yeah, that's come kind of what I was thinking of this week is just looking at um, the state of the union here, and just thinking this is like this is deteriorating into something that is, um, you know pretty ridiculous when you have, you know, decent laws, decent things that are happening and then people are grumbling about those, the, you know, those things like laws being enforced or, you know, the whole thing about the border and, the, and that the, these, these guys were cleared that were on horseback and yet, you know, the white house that, and, and the president who just, who said these people are going to be held accountable. There's no apology. It's just, uh, it's just a continue of lawlessness and lying and deceit. And, um, but we, you know, we see right through it. And I guess that's the good part is that we, you know, we're constantly reminded that we're in this state of lawlessness and utter decay that's continuing. And I, and I, and I, you know, that's a bad thing in some respects, but it's a good thing in other respects because it does show that the, you know, the, the prophecy of the Bible is coming to pass right before our very eyes. So. I feel fortunate to be in this time frame. Amen. And Robert. Well, I don't, you know, it's been, uh, getting back into the swing of things after being gone for a while and, uh, noticing that there seems to be, 
at least from my perspective, it seems to be more of a hunger for the word right now from a lot of people that up to this point really haven't been too interested in it. And uh, back there was a, one of the girls they just hired where I work, she was in, she's going through the orientation and I was in there doing some, doing my stuff and asked her how it was going. And she mentioned something about her dad being real religious and, she uh, said, well, my dad said that the times are, are short. I need to get saved. And I said, well, he's right. <laughs> so a door opened and uh, and she said, well, yeah, I've been thinking about it. So, you know, and just things like that, you know, you, you can hear things like that and just go, well, turn around, leave. But every opportunity that we have to be able to share the truth, we need to take it. And there's going to be a lot more of these opportunities coming up. As you guys have said, we've been saying it through the time we've been on here. And um, we should be looking for them and be real sensitive spiritually to, in fact, we should expect it to happen uh, more on a, on, a, on a daily basis than we ever have in our lives. Because there's a lot of uh, fear and I guess the words trepidation where I'm looking for a lot of people are, are full of anxiety because just like Kevin was, it's, I mean, you, you got this supposed leader of the free world being, uh, being moved around by some, somebody dressed up as an Easter bunny and his wife telling him to keep away. I mean, this is just absurd. It's, it's beyond, it's all theater too. It's just all this stuff is theater. Yeah. It, it can't really be true. <laughs> I, mean, I keep telling myself this guy's not any more president than than Mickey Mouse is. He just he just can't be, you know. But he's less. Uh, yeah, but my my you know main thing is to be uh, is to try to be conscious of people around me and every opportunity. And uh, you know, the verse comes to mind: not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if somebody has a problem with you sharing the truth, if if they're asking, that's, you know, that's really their problem because we've, we've been taught the truth. So uh, we're really being ambassadors for Christ and being given the word of reconciliation. That's really what we need to be doing. So, and uh, I know, I know Joe feels that way too, you know, cause it's like you, there's a lot of people out there that have differing opinions on different things, but, we really, we want people to come back home. <laughs> you know, that's the whole reason Greg started this, is to bring people home, you know. And uh, I'm glad to be a part of it. Amen. Amen. Mr. Barber. <clears throat> Dr. Barber. It's so it's go, so good to see you, Doc. Great to see all you guys. Uh, <laughs> really excited about what's going on this week. Uh, we're heading into uh, the seven days of Passover this Saturday. So this is a very, 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 really incredible week, and uh, just enjoying the feast days. And I'm not going to really tell you what, what what went on this week, other than the fact that I've just been working. <laughs> okay, but uh, you know, we are the world's going to hell in the handbasket. We get it, and uh, we are at that phase right now. We're at that point right now. Obviously, the you know, not only are signs in the heavens and things going on around the world. We have uh, we have an issue now with certain people that can't figure out whether or not male or female. Oh, you need to put me, put me in a female prison. That's where I belong. God goes in there now. Two women are pregnant in there now. You guys hear about that? I mean, yeah. come on. 
it's, you know, we're at that point. Uh, we talked about last week where, you know, they want to uh, put an end to uh, young, uh, I won't say the words that get us, uh, have the uh, algorithm tag us here, but uh, uh, certain laws that they're passing right now, children are born even up to a year. That's what they're going for. I mean, we cannot sustain this. We cannot sustain this for uh, another seven more years. We cannot sustain this, in my opinion. We cannot sustain this for another seven-year Shemitah cycle. Mm. It just can't happen. And I put out a video, Pat, last week. And, I, you know, I put a, a lot of work in that video. I wrote a – I pretty much wrote a book. Yeah. And then I read the book. That's what I did. <laughs> I was going to mention that. It's like the video – and it's highly recommended. You go to Bob's channel, and maybe Greg can put up his channel here. But you go to his channel, and, and Bob, this was like – probably the meatiest video that you'd put out in, in quite a while. I mean, this was like 25 minutes of just like, it was like just solid, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was fantastic. It was a great video. I was actually really surprised to see it because, well, you didn't say anything to me, about it, number one, but that's okay. You don't have to, mm-hmm. obviously. But, but, but I'm just, I'm just like anybody else. So she's like looking at the channel and then all of a sudden this video comes up and I'm like, okay. And I start watching. I'm like, wait a minute. This is like chock full of like a whole bunch of stuff. And I just get kept on going and going and it kept on getting more. And it's just like, and what, what was it like the seven, the, the seven reasons why, or, you know, this and that. Yeah. Seven and you had reasons, two bonus reasons. And that was another like 20 or 30 minutes as well. Oh yeah, the video originally would have been about an hour and a half. Yeah, and each one of those points is that's why I put the links to each point in the video description below because each one is about half hour teaching. But the one thing the Holy Spirit has been training me to do over the last several years is how to condense information really quickly so people can get it, they can understand it, and then later on they can go out there and dig into it and get deeper and deeper and deeper into it. But I think uh, that's one one thing when people comment, I look for those comments, especially the comments where you say, you know what, this was so simple to understand. I get it. Okay, I love it when people get it. When you're when you're a teacher, you love it when your students get it. You know, the the, the, the revelation blew my mind. I'm so excited, and that's the whole thing. Everybody is um, the main thing I'm trying to go for here is you know get everybody excited about the rapture resurrection event. Now, my speculation, and one guy commented on my video said, you know, when you said the word speculation, he's like, I agree with you because that's all it is, speculation. But I think, personally, guys, I think it's really solid speculation. Okay, and nothing may happen this year. Perhaps we have another seven years ago before that happens. But like I said, we can't sustain this. We can't sustain what's going on in Russia, Ukraine. I believe that's ground zero for the World War for World War Three to take place. And especially during that video, I made a really good point. I'll talk about it later. I know I sent you the pictures, Greg. Uh, some the Lord showed me this about World War Three. I'll talk about that later. But the World Wars always lead up to an upgrade for Israel, which eventually leads into the millennial reign. So that was a really cool find. A real cool gem the Lord gave me right there. So, what a great week, great week. Can't wait to see what we got to talk about today. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's get right into it, Bob. You, you said you um, you have these these uh, picks that you sent me, which I did get. Okay. Why don't we just get Why don't we just get right into it? Because we're going to be getting into the uh, the 
playing the devil's advocate here uh, later on. So we okay. want enough time for that as well. So um, let's let's get right into it. So I'll bring up these uh, these posts here. Um, one moment. Bring up um, bring up the one that says uh, World World War One or World War Cycles. World War Cycles. Okay. Go. All right. Bring it up now. Can you see that? Nope. There we go. Actually, there's one before that. Uh, it has a 70 underneath it. There we go. So this uh, chart I made right here, I spent a lot of time on making this one, but the best way for me to be able to explain to everybody is make charts and just explain them. <laughs> it helps me out too. But uh, here we see, what I'm showing you right here right now, is that every time there's a world war, Israel gets a power up. Okay. World War One, the Balfour Declaration takes place. Um, uh, uh, Israel at that time had 60,000 Jews in Israel at that point. But because of the Balfour Declaration, that was the declaration to the whole world, hey, Jews began returning home. And by the, and that, and first of all, the World War One took place in the seven-year cycle from 1910 to 1917. And then you saw the Balfour Declaration take place in the following cycle from 1917 to 1924. Okay. So that began the call of the camp of Israel to return home to Israel. Then fast forward 26 years later, we go to uh, World War II, which takes place from 1938 to 1945. I talked about before that that was a version of the seven tribulation. You had the Antichrist, you had a, you had the uh, a false prophet form. They had like a mark, and it was a big mess. But be it as it may, it was a seven-year period. It was a dry run of seven tribulation. It also contained World War II. But after that was all said and done, the very next Shemitah cycle from 1945 to 1952, what happened? Israel was reborn because the Balfour Declaration enabled that to happen because all the Jews returned to Israel. Like I said, they went from 60,000 in 1924 to over 700,000 in 1948. Okay. And you know, then Bob, right here, Bob, I want to mention yeah. before you go on is like when I was watching this, if you, if you uh, zoom out a little bit, Greg, to show like the first, first cycle there. So you can see it goes seven year cycle and then something happens afterwards and then two that don't and then one again. So if you do that again, then on this one, Bob, you get your World War II rebirth of Israel, then two that don't, and then the the next one. Guess where that lines up, Bob? Between 1966 and 1973, what happened oh, yeah. then? Six day war, six day war, and the Yom Kippur War as well. Yeah, I could have put that in there too. I probably got to do another chart. But like I said, this was a World War III chart, but thanks for pointing that out, though. Yeah, That's I just wanted to, I wanted to point it out because it was something very significant that happened during that period of time. And then if, if, if you do that, then the next uh, cycle, um, you've got uh, one, two, and then the next one is between September of 1994 and September of 2001. What happened in September 2001, Bob? Oh, that was a bomb at World Trade Center. That was a gigantic event that occurred during that period of time as well. So, and then it, then you go to the next one, you go two more, and then guess where that lines up with World War yep. III. Mm-hmm. And here we are now going. So basically, we've seen World War One, 
uh, uh, 1910 to 1917, World War I, next cycle, 17 to 24, Israel gets up. Uh, gets a recognition on the world stage. And then World War II, 1938-1945, very next Shemitah cycle, rebirth of Israel. They're established. They're recognized on the global stage as a nation. And now, fast forward up to today, we're about to head into World War III. We're hearing that narrative all the time. Some people say World War III has already begun. I don't think so. I believe it has to take place. It has to start and end within the, the 11th Shemitah cycle, starting mm-hmm. in September. But I could be wrong, but be it as it may, that uh, that world that World War Three takes place, and a whole bunch of bad stuff will happen to Israel and Christians, just like it happened in World War Two. Do you forget? You know, there are three million Jews at that, but also three million Christians. So you're going to see massive persecution of Christians. You saw it in World War One, World War Two. Now we're going to see it happen again in World War Three. But look what happens: Israel gets another power up after World War Three. In the course of the Book of Revelation. Chapter nineteen to twenty two, you can read all about it. What kind of power up do they what kind of power up do they get? They become kings and priests here on the earth, ruling the earth under King David, under Jesus from Israel. Okay. And from that will be the twelfth cycle of twenty twenty nine to twenty thirty six, which would be seven years, the first seven years of the millennial reign. And if you go to the next uh chart there, Greg. The next one that said World War II, World War One chart on there. The one you had up before. There you go. So there at World War One, there was a global call for all the Jews to return to Israel. That was World War One. World War II was the Jewish nation of Israel was recognized on the global stage. And World War Three, Israel rules Israel rules the world as kings and priests under Jesus Christ. So World War One, God established his people. World War Two, God established his land. And World War III, God will establish his global kingdom with Israel as the capital. Jesus as the ruler over it. I mean, it doesn't get more plain than that. (laughs) Amen. That's like, uh, yeah, this chart, Bob, really amazing. And it just kind of shows like these patterns that, that line up and, I mean, it all it it does actually line up with this next Shemitah cycle, twenty twenty two to twenty twenty nine being something big happening. And I mean, I think we could all see the nations kind of, you know, distress lining up against each other. Um, even more so now with uh, with NATO versus Russia. Um, I mean, it hasn't been this hot. In a long time, let's be honest. I mean, you're, you're talking like since, you know, this warship that was just, um, you know, whether it was destroyed by Ukraine or it just blew up because of a pro- an error or something, uh, we'll never know. But we do know that it was the biggest warship that had been that's been destroyed, a Russian warship since 1945. So, I mean, we're talking about things that are hot right now. And I, th- I don't think any of us. Uh, you know, are thinking that, you know, world war isn't a possibility anytime soon. It certainly looks like it is a possibility coming up here. So doesn't surprise me that it would fit during that period of time, Bob. Yep. Well, only time will tell. But yeah. I think this is a very interesting pattern, though. Yeah. And makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because the 1967 to 1973 time frame, you did have a couple of wars there. 
And then after that, you had some peace, right? I mean, they, 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 isn't that when peace was signed with uh, Egypt, uh, right? And during that 73 to 80 cycle, um, mm-hmm. in addition to that, from 94 to 2001, there were some, um, you know, there were some, some skirmishes that took place during that period of time. Obviously, uh, the uh, 9-11 happened there. Um, and then 2001 to 2008, in that next cycle, there was uh, there was even more um, you know things going on with uh, Lebanon. There was a 34 day war, um, either 33 or 34 day um, war in I think 2006, uh, and that was with uh, Hezbollah, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, so I mean, you had something that that happened during that period of time. It's been kind of quiet um, in Israel for the last you know, two cycles, basically. It hasn't really, there's not really a lot that's been going on there. There's a, just back and forth about these peace talks. Sure, there are some extra, you know, Abraham Accord type of things that have happened in um, between 2015 and 2012 and 2022. But Bob, like you said, that things that happen in there are like the forbearance of what's going to happen in the next one, right? Right. And so um, you can see like the beginnings of those of those peace deals here is ultimately going to turn into, uh, I would think, the peace deal that's talked about in Daniel 927. Yeah, well, 66 to 73. That was that was Vietnam was around 66 when we got involved in sure. Vietnam because the mm-hmm. French, the French were in there and they got they got their hats handed to them at Dien Bien Phu. And after that, we went in to try to save the day. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I just so, watched another documentary about um, from Oliver Stone regarding JFK. It just came out. Another one just came out, and I thought that was interesting as well. That Vietnam was like a, a big deal that was going on in '63. There, Robert. I mean, I didn't realize that how big of a deal it was back then, and that you know Kennedy was 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 going to pull out, starting to pull out one thousand troops. And was going to start actually pulling people out of there, and um, you know he was assassinated, and immediately it ramped up, and it was just it, that cannot be a coincidence that yeah. the people who wanted um, you know yeah, this the, this war to happen were the deep staters. Yeah, military industrial complex wanted the war, and uh, yeah. you know they they would, whoever was standing in their way, it was there was a lot. There's a lot more involved in that. It's, That's really sad when you think about it. It just made heavily, me sad yeah. because mm-hmm. it was yeah. like these people were not patriots. These people no. were not doing the right thing for the country and for the people. They were not serving the people properly. And they went and they went so far to kill, you know, what which really kind of looks like a guy that was, I mean, obviously I, I wasn't even born yet. So it's, it's hard for me, to, but I, when I look at it, I mean, we have not had really a president kind of like that. I mean, I suppose Reagan was kind of like on the side of the people a lot more. People will say Trump was too. But it looked like Kennedy actually had the pulse of the nation and that he wanted to do the right things, you know, mm-hmm. which you know is his, um, not really what know, that party does anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know what his uh, memorial is, right? Um, what they put up for his memorial, the, the eternal eternal, The plan. eternal yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what? I saw an internal flame for Kennedy in India, by the way. I didn't know that. I they have one there. And I visited that. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, but this, the Oliver Stone thing shows that like there's, there's, there's no other president that has like more things named after him in mm-hmm. other countries than Kennedy. Hey, uh, I mean, Greg. He, he definitely gets people around the world. 
Absolutely. Hey, can you pull up, uh, while we're talking, can you pull up that picture of the 14-year warning? I just want to show that yeah, one there. Sure. Yeah, people are saying he was young, too. Yeah, I think he was, what, 46 when he died or something? Yeah. I mean, that's that's like half the age of our current president, right? I mean, it's, it's amazing. So you see here in this picture here, you see the Shemitah cycle from 2008 to 2015, which was the ninth Shemitah cycle. This Israel became a nation. Then 2015 to 2022, the 10th, which we're at the end of right now, and the 11th Shemitah cycle, which is from 22 to 2029. Now, I talked about before where the warning, we see the warning signs in the Shemitah cycle prior to the Shemitah cycle, meaning whatever takes place in one given Shemitah cycle, it's a preview of what comes the following Shemitah cycle. And this, we see that right here. In the ninth Shemitah cycle, we had a four blood moon tetrad along with a Bethlehem star that showed up in this tetrad. Now, I know we all thought that was going to be the rapture, and it wasn't. But mm. it, it was actually uh, heralding a plethora of signs that was coming from 2015 to 2022 in the next Shemitah cycle. And what's interesting about in the tenth cycle there were three signs that took place that will never take place ever again. And that one of those three, actually two, two or three won't take place ever again. The uh, Revelation 12 sign and a four blood moon tetrad of three number of blood moons that all take place in a 12 month period. And then of course, then we also have another Bethlehem star in the cycle. So we have two signs in here that will never happen again. They happen once and it'll never happen again. Was that year of chaos in 2020, Bob? Yeah. Mm. And I'll say that uh, the 11th Shemitah cycle, Jesus said it would be a time like never before and never again. The seven-year tribulation was only going to happen once. And wouldn't it make sense that the the Shemitah cycle containing the seven-year tribulation would be heralded by signs that only happen once in history and never again, like the Revelation 12 sign and this year of chaos? Like Kevin was saying, 2020, 2020. with this four blood, blood moon tetrad, P number of blood moons, and a solar eclipse. It was a repeat of what happened in the ninth Shemitah cycle. Right. And it just blows my mind. These are one time signs. I'll never happen again. I don't know if there's ever going to be another. I didn't look for another um, Bethlehem star. Um, as of right now, I say, I don't think there's going to be another one of those ever again either. Because yeah, no. because the Bethlehem star is only designed, that alignment is only designed to herald the coming of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay, once he returns, if millennial reign, he's here for good. So there, we, we don't need no more stars. No, yeah, so we have three signs here then that are happening in this cycle that are, and of course the patterns show what happens in the Shemitah cycle. The signs, the heavenly signs, heralds what comes in the next cycle. So I don't know, guys. It seems to me the the, the cards are really stacking. To me, it seems well, like we're not next cycle. You know what's going on right now, Bob? Is that once in a thousand year event is actually taking place in the sky, and that is in the morning. You've got uh, Venus, Mars, mm-hmm. Jupiter, and Saturn, and the Moon were all lined up. Um, I believe this morning. So. Wow. Um, all four planets that are visible and plus the moon, all visible in the same, like, just general area, um, low on the horizon uh, in uh, in the morning. And that's uh, that last time that happened was, like, 
982 or something like, like that, 982 AD. So it's over a thousand years ago. So, yeah. um, you know, that's not, that's not going to happen again for a long time. So, I mean, we're seeing a lot of these not going to happen again in a long time events, right? Yeah. And the thing is there, so, so the heavens are crying out and the earth is crying out because now we're seeing record amounts of volcanic activity, seismic activity, uh, seasonal waves roaring. Okay, so the earth is crying out, and then, of course, mankind is crying out, too. I mean, they're literally crying out for a savior right now. Okay, I think well, I think the Jews, one of them said again, did you guys hear about that? He's, he's talking with the Messiah this Passover. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. I'm like, talking to him again, huh? Okay, I guess is I'll it, just let him know that the hand of restrainer hasn't been lifted is, yet. So is it the same talk. one as last, last year? It is yeah, the same one, right? Yeah, probably. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Same dude. Because how many messiahs are we going to have come in, you know, into play here? But you know what <laughs> Jesus said, there were going to be many false Christs. Mm-hmm. So, and to top of all that, the victory generation that lines up with this too. Yeah. So you got that. You got the love of cycle, the victory generation. I mean, I mean, it's just it, it seems like we hit a wall in 2029. My my research, we hit a wall, and I've been watching all the videos too. The Watchmen are doing stuff like this. They're all they're also all hitting a wall too in 2029. Okay, all of us are hitting a wall right now. I don't see anybody. Please send me a video of anybody that says Jesus returned in 2036, according to their research. I would love to see it. Okay, and by the way, I know people keep saying, Oh, Apophis, oh Apophis, oh Apophis. Apophis will come down here and that's gonna be one of the judgments. And that that happens in 2029. So it can't your timing has to be off, Bob. You know. Let, let me let me make this argument here. What if that Apophis, that planet is it's all Armageddon like the movie, and you have this rock heading towards the Earth, and everybody on Earth knows that rock is going to be a absolute destroyer for the whole Earth. Everybody's going to die, okay? And everybody starts looking to this Antichrist, like, "Hey, you're our savior. You're supernatural. Stop that thing." He's like, "Oh, I can't stop. Him. I'm a fraud. Not you stop. Know? He's God." He yeah, said, I can't stop that thing. Oh, hold on a second. According to my Bible here, you're supposed to be able to control this. You created it. Well, not quite. You, you know, well, and then then the world just falls apart. And this is where the whole world just converges on Israel because they're coming after the Antichrist because he lies to them. But what happens? Jesus shows up and destroys them all. And then Jesus makes it known to the whole world. Hey. I'm the real Christ. I'm the real Jesus. I am God. Watch this. I'm going to stop that planet and redirect it, or that rock and redirect it. And everybody's like, oh, he is. He he can command these things. And I think that's my argument for Apophis. Apophis might be on its way to hit us, but I think God's going to use that as a uh, way to prove who he is because nobody else can stop this thing except for Jesus Christ when he shows up. With the, on the horses and everything else like that, you know, to prove himself, you know, because you know what's going to happen. Jesus returns with armies of heaven. It's like, oh, great. Here comes another army from the sky. And we're, we're getting tired of seeing these armies coming from the sky. But this one, this guy is able to stop that, you know, asteroid from hitting us. That's like everybody else. I never thought of that. I mean, that that's that, that's a good line sign and wonder there. If you can, if you can like, Point your finger and direct an asteroid to go out of the out of the path. All the signs you like the, the the orbit changed. What? I mean, you're you're talking about getting being able to get a lot of people on your side by doing that. I would think. 
Yep, it could be the problem. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, what do you guys think that that asteroid may be the sign of man in heaven that caused all everybody on Earth to mourn the sign of man seen in heaven? Will that asteroid be that sign? I don't know. Mm. You know, I be. mean, no one can yeah, give me a definite answer what the sign that what the sign of man's going to be in heaven. Yeah. yeah, I mean, before yeah. that, you're going to have a burning mountain that comes down, and another, and also another asteroid that's going to be coming down and hitting the Earth. But that you think it seems like those those judgments are going to happen after the midpoint, mm-hmm. which which to me would be like, wait a minute, if this guy goes in the temple and proclaims himself as God, why didn't he stop that burning mountain from coming down and poisoning all the waters? This guy's kind of an, inf- an ineffective God. I mean, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be questioning his omniscience at that point, right? I mean, like, yeah. why don't you stop that one? Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think, I, I think, um, yeah, because other than that, everybody comes after me with that whole Apophis thing, and I get it. And the only revelation I receive, whether it's from the Holy Spirit or just my understanding, is I think God's going to use that to prove that He's God. Jesus will use that to prove that He is God. Where just like he calmed the seas, he's gonna calm the celestial heavens and redirect that asteroid. Well, he's also he gonna returns. be claiming himself as God when he sends that burning mountain down and and, and, mm-hmm. and poisons things as well. Because like like you said, the Apophis is the biggest asteroid right now that we're tracking, right? I mean, and and we're not even tracking it to make an impact. Yet something gigantic the size of a mountain is going to come and make an impact and we and there's not one scientist on this planet that that knows about it apparently so i mean certainly god's gonna god's gonna send a big rock uh, in order to impact the earth and and the antichrist is not going to be able to do anything about it um you know the the antichrist doesn't have any more has doesn't have more power than god himself of course not so, I mean, if no one's seeing something that's coming, uh, Bob, and something does out of the blue all of a sudden come and impact, uh, that's going to be just yet another sign that God is 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 doling out judgment on the planet. Mm-hmm. And we're not pointed to wrath. Amen. <laughs> oh, we are not. No, we are not. No. Yeah, it's interesting when you think about the sign of the Son of Man, because I think there's a lot of speculation about what that might be. I mean, that Mm -hmm. could be it. I mean, that could very well be it, Apophis, right? I think I also heard there was a comet at one point that almost kind of looked like a star shape or cross uh, a couple of years back. I don't remember what the name of that was, but uh, maybe somebody else out there knows. Um, It was weird, but it it was actually in the the shape of a cross. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they were speculating that might be the sun and sign of the Son of Man at some point, uh, too. But, um, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, what, Joe, what do you think uh, could be the sign of the Son of Man that's going to be seen in the skies? For well, I think the second trumpet is when um, the angel throws down the hail and fire, which um, a lot of people correlate to Apophis. Is, is that your understanding mm-hmm. of it? Is the second trumpet? Mm-hmm. The second I mean, angel blew his trumpet and something like a great mountain burning with fire <coughs> was thrown into the sea and a third of the sea became blood. That would so mean that, Apophis would have hit. Yeah, but at that point, how many people are, have been removed from the earth? Is, is, this, is the third of the earth killed after that second trumpet or prior? Does anybody know? 
um, only because that'll tell you the damage it really does. I mean, hail and stone is part of a judgment. You know, when they would hail, when they would stone people to death, that's why that what the stoning that was done back in the day is what Jesus does to them. So when he sends down mm-hmm. hail, it's just a stoning. He's stoning people as a judgment. That's just, it's just, you know, coming from the sky instead from the ground. Um, I think that the world won't be destroyed because we have the millennium here. And, and it does say that the sea will be roaring, but you know, that could be many things. I, I don't know if the Apophis causes the, well, the hail causes the, the tsunamis or the seas roaring. So I, the, most of the deaths come from famine, from my understanding. Um, and the other thing I was thinking about was with Elijah, you know, when we talk about the rapture. It specifically says in the book of Revelation that Elijah will die and be raised and people will see it. But there's no talk about the rapture, anybody seeing us. And I think about that with Elijah. I'm like, why is he emphasizing in the Bible that the whole world is going to see Elijah, which they couldn't have done a thousand years ago. That's why television tells us the time we're in, as well as cell phones, that we're here. So with the rapture, I'm almost starting to think, you know, as much as it's a converting event, you know, they may not see us go. It doesn't mention, it doesn't say that they'll see us. It says, you know, Paul says that we'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye. That speed is more than Mach 86. Yeah, like that's, that's, a good, that's a good point, Joe. It's impossible to see yeah. that. You you can't even see, you can't even see uh, like Mach 10. They have that train that goes like Mach 10. If you ever see it on YouTube or something along Mach something like Mach 26 or you can't see it. It's impossible. Your mind can't even register. So let's <laughs> move it along. It can't, it can't even pick up the visual. So, you know, I think, I think, what, I think in reference to the people questioning about the rapture, I think uh, a lot, he mentions Elijah being seen and resurrected as well as the antichrist. So that, you know, the Jews with Elijah, Elijah sent, in my opinion, specifically for the Jews and the Jews are definitely, um, Israel is not destroyed. So whatever Apophis is and whatever goes into sea is not going to affect Israel. So I'm curious to know what part of the earth is going to be affected and who is it for? Uh, where is this judgment going? Um, you know better than me, Bob. They're tracking Apophis. You know, are they saying how far away it is and, um, you know, anything like that? Because I, don't, I would think that would give you a time frame as far as your remaining seven years if apophis mm-hmm. is out ten thousand years then we know it's not happened we know it doesn't correlate with the next seven years if they said apophis is seven eight ten years light years you know seven to ten years away then i could see apophis being associated with the bible but i think the more literal we look at the, the, what the angels are doing like we were talking before a group with kevin had mentioned about the harvest you know, these angels are coming to work. So whatever they have in their hands, they're sending it down. So I don't know much about Apophis. I, I, I know that they say it's there, but I don't think if, I think if we look at how far it is away from us, I don't think it correlates with the timeline. So I think we're going to be seeing something else with um, the angels and what they're doing. I think I think God's going to let them throw it down. Well, Joe, let me mention what's in Revelation 8 here. So 
Um, the first angel that has the trumpet um, of one of the seven trumpets uh, f- followed hail and fire mixed with blood thrown on the earth and a third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees and a third and all the green grass was burned up. The second angel blows his trumpet and something like a great mountain burning with fire is thrown into the sea and a third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died and a third of the ships were destroyed. Then the third angel blows his trumpet and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood and a third of the waters became Wormwood or poison, arsenic, actually. Uh, and many people died from the water because it made bitter. So, so um, you know, that that's the sequence. The fourth angel then comes and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon and a third of the stars, so that a third of their light might be darkened and a third of the day may be kept from shining. Sounds like days are being cut short there, don't they? Um, and Paul yeah. talked about that. Uh, I thought that that revelation that you got regarding that was was something that uh, definitely moved me because I had never had heard it explained that way in this, in the fact that sure it's seven years, but it's cut, it's cut short, but doesn't mean that the seven years don't, don't last from beginning to end. It just means that there are certain things that happen in a, in a shorter time frame than what you would think. And I think that that's part of the, the, the thing where we were talking about Joe, which is, well, you think you know the day in the, uh, of when Christ is going to come back, but if the days are shortened, then maybe, maybe, maybe he, that is part of why he comes back like a thief is because uh, people aren't expecting it. Like, okay, it's going to be seven years. It's like, no, it's actually earlier than that. Um, but the seven years, can, it goes on until the end. I, yeah, I, think, I think that's an interesting thought there that Bob had. I think, I think the mountain could be a volcano. Maybe it's underwater. Or maybe, you know, some of the Himalayans or the Mount Everest is one of these mountains and it changes things around. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you got a lot of activity going on over the Canary Islands too, Joe. Oh, yeah, absolutely, um, all the time. But, I mean, yeah. you know, the, 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 the word wormwood, I'd have to see where this comes from in the Latin of it. Like, you know, where does it, where does it come from? If I recall, the- it comes from... Um, Poison, which is uh, like arsenic, um, right, so, so it's sulfur. So basically, yeah, which which makes okay. sense. I mean, so that's what they remember, did. And Joe, with... all these three are coming from the sky. Right. All three of these mm-hmm. things. It says, you know, were thrown down upon the earth, burning with fire, was thrown into the sea, and this one, uh, great well, says... star from Helen, blazing like a ch- torch, fell on a third of the rivers. So right. So the the mountain is a mountain. If he's saying mountain, then it's attached to the earth. So that one, I don't. I think that one. Well, is it looks so like. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me just let me read it. Yeah. He says, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. Mm-hmm. So, so, so something like a great mountain. So okay, so that could be a, that could burning be a with fire. I mean, it sounds yeah. like a volcano was thrown into the sea, basically. Right. Well, if we look at right. the if we look at the examples that God's given us when it comes to destruction. Sodom and Gomorrah. He threw fire and brimstone. And what's brimstone? Brimstone is rock that's on fire. So with that example, they're just doing what they did to Sodom and Gomorrah again. He's throwing down the same things that he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. So whether it be a mountain. So I could definitely see that being the case. 
Um, it didn't work out real well for them, did it? No. And, it, and <laughs> as far as far as the rivers go, you know, that's sulfur. I mean, sulfur yeah. destroys and poisons everything. So I think that goes back to I think our answer is in Sodom and Gomorrah as far as the trumpets being blown. Um, mm-hmm. And in this in this particular case, you know, because God does things in the past and then shows us again in the future that he does it again. Um, right. So well, I, the, think, I, I think I think uh, the rivers, um, you know, I think the, if, if an asteroid hit Earth at, you know, 50,000 miles or 100,000 miles, there'd be nothing left. There'd be no water. The heat would evaporate. It, there'd be nothing left. So whatever it is, it's a controlled burn. The angels have control over the destination of it and this into circumference it's going to hit. And I, I, I the only the only scene in the Bible that I know that talks about this activity is Sodom and Gomorrah. And well, we you know what? Uh, going to be total destruction, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a measure. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of us are looking at the spring right now. For a lot of people, think the, the rapture could probably take place next month or even in in June. And you know, it's interesting, and that a lot of people notice. Maybe some of you don't. Is the last when was the last time the trumpet of God was blown at Mount Sinai? Mm. When was it blown at Pentecost? Mm. And was, that's in uh, the book of Exodus. And what happened on it was um, the, the trumpet was blown, waxing long and loud. It called everybody in Israel to the camp to come to the mountain. So everybody got gathered, and then the trumpet kept on going, and then Moses got caught up. To the mount, top of the mountain. He he didn't walk up. He <laughs> went up at the sound of the trumpet blast of God, the God's trumpet. So it's not the seventh trumpet of the book of Revelation where an angel announces. Because the seventh trumpet of the book of uh, Revelation is uh, when when the angel blows it, it's a uh, transition trumpet announcing the beginning of the millennial reign. The seven tribulation is over. It's time mm-hmm. to celebrate. It's time to clean up. The Messiah's here. So that's what that trumpet's for. But the trumpet of God, that was blown here at Mount Sinai. And and what did it say? And it says, uh, and it talked about where a great cloud came down, okay, mm-hmm. covered the whole mountain with smoke, okay? And what does the Bible say in, in uh, 2 Thessalonians, uh, no, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, 17, that we're caught up to meet them in the air. We're going to meet them in the clouds. And that first second in, in, in that same chapter, first Thessalonians 4, 16, 17, was to say the trumpet of God. That's that same trumpet again. Okay. And when God blows that trumpet, what happens? Wind comes forth. Wind. That's a wind instrument. It takes wind from your lungs. Okay. You remember how Jesus said, I breathe the Holy Spirit into you? Okay. Well, God's going to blow that trumpet as a wind instrument. And how did the Holy How did the Holy Spirit show up at Pentecost as a rushing mighty wind? Right. So if you got God going, that's a rushing mighty wind. But except this time, it's going through a trumpet. Right. Okay. So I mean, like I said before last week, I can make a three-hour video about why the rapture could happen at Pentecost, but I could do an even longer video for <laughs> trumpets. You know, it's just. Is there so many parallels and cause signs, you know? And then I think God does it on purpose, so He gives us a lot to chew on, you know. And it keeps us just keeps us ready all the time. Because I used to be all one hundred percent trumpets, one hundred percent. But now I started to see a lot of parallels by Pentecost, 
you know, <laughs> even first fruits. Okay, we up going up to the Saturday, you know, the yeah. seven days of that. You know, it's just it's just a really incredible time. But you know, we can sit here and talk about this stuff all day long till the cows come home. But the thing <laughs> is, I think what we're good at doing right now is telling everybody that the roads out that looks pretty bad ahead. We can't tell you when the exit point is, but we can tell you how bad it is ahead. Now, we're talking about when this when this rock comes down and when this Antichrist does this and when this prophecy happens, when this prophecy happens. Let's, let's be honest, though. None of us are going to be here to see it. And it might be one of those things when we come back. So how did that prophecy play out again? You know, <laughs> we're going to find out, you know, because we're up in heaven the whole time. Or right. maybe we'll just know. I don't know. But the thing is, the fact that we're talking about all these things, we're talking about a big, gigantic mountain of fire hitting the earth, and now we have one that's on the way. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we have all this other stuff happening right now. Well, the other yeah. thing, too, about the trumpet of God, right? I mean, because so also in that verse, Greg was like, it said the people trembled. Um, yeah, I could imagine. I mean, you know, the, the, the rapture is not going to be good for everybody, um, you know, that, that event. And also, a lot of people have said that. This trumpet of God, Bob, when it's blown, it sets off some kind of frequency yep. that basically changes us, right, and rises them from the dead. I mean, that this 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 mm-hmm. trumpet of God's got supernatural powers that only God can can have. Um, I got a and question, so, and it is a different trumpet though than what an angel is um, yeah. blowing, of course. Can I ask a question? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, scroll down a little bit, Greg, on there. Um, it says, uh, okay, verse 19, and when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake and God answered him by a voice. Okay, that ter- that phrase, voice of the trumpet, why, mm-hmm. why doesn't it say, and when the sound of the trumpet? Mm-hmm. Um, God answered him by a voice. I know I've heard the thing about frequencies too, but I'm just I'm just curious. I hadn't seen that before. I hadn't really thought about it before either. Well, he spoke and, everything into existence, his word. So it's the same thing, right? Yeah, but why would he use the word voice instead of instead of sound? You know what? You know this might be silly, but uh, I saw this video where this guy used this uh, computer, and he was able to speak through a piano. And the piano was able to talk by the music. The keys I was hitting, it was all computerized, so it's impossible for a human to play it. Because you have like all the keys going and it's waving through the instrument. Instrument, But yeah. the piano was able to speak through the music it was creating. And okay. maybe that's a dynamic where God can speak. You know, is he blowing a physical trumpet or is he just that good? He could just make a trumpet sound. And then well, speak, how about, how about this? Know? Is God's voice like a trumpet? Yeah, John said that. Sure. Yeah, because I, I don't know. It's just it's something I was thinking about. It's, it's kind of it's kind of far out when you think about it. It really is. It's just and waxed louder and louder. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I can imagine that was pretty loud. Yeah, that would cause some trembling, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. And isn't well, it- that's to be a global trumpet now too? Can you imagine that? Go imagine right. that on the level globally, shaking the earth, and the rapture, resurrection is taking place, and people are going up, and people are going to be trembling like the Israelites were, and then we're going to be caught up, 
you know, let's face it, you blow a trumpet like that, that's going to be a public event. I mean, all sure. the Israelites saw it, and they heard it, they were scared to death. Yeah. Okay, so that what the trumpet of God, you can't hide that. You're not going to be able to cover that under thunder, man. <laughs> yeah, there's still some people who would think that, you know, it's only that only us, the body of Christ, who can hear it. Then there's there the uh, understanding, like what you said, Brother Bob, you know, that mm-hmm. everyone's going to hear it. It's going to be a public event. Um, yeah. The question I mean, is, though, are some people going to yeah. hear one thing and other people are going to hear something else, right? And that's, yeah. that, that, that's the question, because that's happened before. We have instances of that happening in the Bible where somebody sees or hears something and some other people don't. Like Paul heard Jesus. People around him didn't hear. They just heard a noise. So, I mean, you know, you could you could state, Bob, that this when this trumpet blows, that we are going to be alerted. We are going to be changed. We're going to know what's happening to, to those who aren't believers, um, that they could hear massive rumbling, you know, thunder type noises and, and just be so loud, like things just, you know, being so loud that it it's really scary. Because, I mean, listen, thunder is, is unsettling. I mean, when it's really mm-hmm. close, it's unsettling no matter who you are or how old you are. It is unsettling. But if it's going on for a for an extended period of time and it's, like, extremely loud, then it becomes very um, concerning very quickly. Well, concerning, but it's also controlled. Yeah. You know, there, that just came to my mind. It's all controlled Mm. Uh, because I believe it's also scientifically proven that uh, vibrations can cause matter to come come into existence, sure. and that's exactly how the Bible describes in Genesis. Like Joe, brother, brother Joe brought up, he said, "Yeah, God spoke it into existence. Right? Mm-hmm. Let there be light, mm-hmm. and there was light. And and there is there are scientific experiments going on right now in terms of vibration and sound waves." Um, creating, having matter come into existence. Uh, this is something that maybe we can bring up another time, but we, you can look into it yourself. There, there, is, uh, there are scientific uh, experiments going on specifically to show that matter can come into existence based on sound waves. Very interesting. I think we should um, continue on with um, playing the devil's advocate. Sure. Uh, so uh, we can move on to the questions, and uh, I think we can, we can all agree that... Uh, this is going to be an interesting session. This is the first time we're doing this. I think, uh, you know, we want the audience to participate too. We're going to come up with a bunch of questions, but anything that you don't see, uh, bring up into the chat as well. And uh, anything we don't bring up. And um, so what is the, what is the meaning of devil's advocate, right? The dictionary says a person who expresses a contentious opinion in order to uh, test the strength of an opposing argument. Okay. That's what devil's advocate pretty much means. The noun, um, of devil's advocate. And some people, uh, I mean, this is a good way to bring up what, you know, what pre, um, so post triggers bring up quite a bit. Um, I have a number of questions I'm going to bring up to both of, to all of you, to the panel. And, um, I don't know, I didn't think about how we're going to do it, go round Robin or not, but, um, why don't we just have one of you say, okay, I'll take this, I'll take this question. So, uh, what do you think about that, guys? Sure, just let the Holy Spirit lead it. All right, here we go. When you want to know the truth today, we're going to do some role play. No need to fight over this or that. It's time for the devil's advocate. <laughs> yeah, I know it was corny, but uh, whatever. We may not do that. That was great. That was worth it. The 90s. 
All right. Great transition. First question. Okay. I only see, all right, this is, of course, playing devil's advocate. I only see a second coming mention in scripture. Aren't you injecting third coming, a third coming when speaking of the rapture? I don't see, uh, I don't see uh, another coming. There's only two. Mm. What do you have to say mm-hmm. about that? Mm-hmm. I would go, um, first of all, the most popular verse they like to use is uh, Matthew uh, 24, 29, where they talk about, you know, immediately after tribulation, those days shall the sun be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, not give it a light, shall false stars fall from heaven. And it's not the stars, you know, from the star stars. I think it's just the fallen angels getting shaken out of the heavens, you know. But they go on to say here that, um, and uh, and then shall appear the son of the sign of the son of man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. They shall see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven, power and great glory. And here it is. And he shall see, and he sh- shall send his angels with a great <laughs> sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Okay. Now, let's, um, let's remember his parable about the wheat. And the tares, it says in Matthew thirteen thirty, let them both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, his return, I will say to the reapers, who are the angels, gather ye together first the tares, those people are going to hell. So the tares are going to be caught up and moved to a location and put in the bundles. It says, bind them in the bundles to burn and then put together the wheat into my barn. So some people think that's the rapture after the tribulation. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not, that's just simply the angels showing up. Okay, we got people, we got saved people here, and we got dirty people here. We got the wheat, we got the terror, we got to separate them. First, take the terrorists, put them over here, put them in bundles, and take all the wheat into the barn. And of course, the barn is a valley Jehoshaphat. We take them over there to prepare for the, the wheat, and, uh, the goat, and sheep judgments, you know. So that is not the rapture at the end, but what it talks about in the book of Matthew right there. Okay, so anybody that says that's the rapture, there is no pre-tribulation rapture, that rapture happens at the end of the tribulation, that's why they say that, and that is not the rapture. So we also have to define what a coming is as well. Like the first coming is Jesus being born to a virgin and actually becoming man, fully man, fully God at the same time, right? Second coming is Jesus actually coming back to the earth being on the earth, ruling and reigning on the earth after he comes back. The rapture, though, you don't have to insert a third coming and, and make the, the rapture the second coming and then Jesus, when he actually returns and, and sets foot as a third coming. Because during the rapture, Jesus doesn't set foot on earth. Jesus descends into the clouds from heaven and he blows the trumpet and with the voice of the archangel, the dead in Christ will rise and we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the air to meet the Lord in the air. So we're not meeting him here on earth. Uh, so he is not coming back to earth at the rapture. He is waiting to come back. Just like what Bob said is at the end of it, he is coming back and that is the second coming. So no, there is no third coming. Uh, there is a first coming, which already happened a second coming, which will happen, and a rapture, which is not a coming. It is a calling for all of us to come up together with him. If I can add to that as well, this second coming, when Kevin, I was thinking about it, he hit it right in the head. 
<clears throat> this is a man-made doctrine, this second coming. Where in the Bible does it talk about second comings? It doesn't, <clears throat> I'm trying to see second comings. When, when Abraham and Sarah were in the tent, God came down and had dinner with them. Okay? Then, um, so that's God. That's Jesus. That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's one. Um, <clears throat> when Jesus was born, he was here. When Jesus was crucified, he resurrected and he came back to earth again. That's three. When he comes for the rapture, that's four. He's just not touching earth like Kevin said. Uh, when he comes back with the reapers, that's five. So this whole second coming, this is a person who doesn't at least have some understanding or interest in reading the word of God. Now, there's a lot of things I, I get wrong or, or that I need to look into more. Yeah. But I do have some basics, and these are the stories that I understand. God came. He met Moses up on the mountain. He was in a different form. He came and he told Abraham that he was going to have a, a son. And Sarah laughed at him and he even heard her and said, why are you laughing? And, <laughs> and she was next door in the tent when God, who I'm going to I'm going to go on a leap of faith here and say, I got a feeling it was Jesus. Because Jesus has been around since the beginning. He wasn't just created to be sacrificed. He's been at the right hand of the father from the very beginning. That's my understanding. There's nowhere in the Bible does it say I decided to create Jesus to save you all. No, it's always been the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So this second coming thing is someone that doesn't understand. And even people in my family and friends are like, oh, they've been saying the second coming. And I'm like, are you aware how many times he's shown up? Well, so, yeah. I mean, he re right, he resurrected, mm -hmm. right? And he said, don't touch me. I'm not clean. I haven't ascended to the Father. He goes to the Father. He comes back that night. Uh, mm -hmm. and, he's, and he's there in the midst of them. Then he comes back a week later. So he probably left again. And they came back. There's a lot of different companies. But but I think that the, the key here is that, like, in general, when we talk about the second coming, you're talking about the first period of time that Jesus was on the earth and he was on the earth for, you know, 33 years uh, and, and then some. So he was there and then he's gone. Right. So he's not on the earth right now as Jesus. He's not here. He's the Holy Spirit is here. And Jesus is going to come back to dwell on the earth and i think that's joe what they're talking about the the difference between no, no, I, the I first coming and the but, second coming. but that's and that's done on purpose in my opinion because they if they knew about all the other times and relationships christ has been here with god and the people they would have more of a foundation to stand on and i would not even ask that question yeah i get that church, the catholic church is the one that's talking about the second coming. I believe that all comes from Constantine, and it's just it's in people's mind to say, "Oh yeah, we've been hearing about the second coming." Okay, well, did you hear about the other ones? Did you? Well, hear about we, right. You know, so, so, so I, let's so let's just say that we're defining the second coming as as the when he comes back and actually rules and reigns right. on the. And they don't Lord. even know what that is, though. They keep saying the second coming, but they don't even know what that is. They, don't, they think, what does that mean? He just shows up. They don't know about the tribulation. They don't know. Right. Well, since somebody just asked, wouldn't the second coming be when Jesus resurrected? I mean, you could have definitions for all these things that which can be different, but that means nobody can agree on anything. But I, I think that if we may, try to make it That's simple, the, point. And say, it's the, the first, they want, it's well, the right. They, they want that, but God doesn't want that. And so if we're actually going to try to define it easily, First coming is, is the period of time from Jesus born to
to the time that he ascended to the Father for the last time in front of the disciples, and he and he is on ascension day. That that is the first coming time period. Second coming time period, he comes down, touches down on the Mount of Olives, and the, and he rules and reigns, and actually until uh, the Satan is loose for a little while, and God actually destroys everything, and then he makes a new heaven and a new earth. That would be the second coming. So it starts at the return of Jesus from the sky and comes down to the earth. That And the key here of this whole uh, context is that that does not happen during the rapture. He does not make contact with the earth during the rapture. And so that in, in this context, Joe, I'm just saying that. No, no, no. So I'm playing you devil's advocate. a third coming. Uh, you, I don't understand what you're saying. You're like, yeah. uh, well, it's not even the third coming. It's like the 10th coming. So, right. yeah. Because I, I, I would have to ask a person at this point now, I'd have to say, well, you know, tell me about the first coming. And they would say, right. oh, when he showed up, and I would have to explain to them. Well, <laughs> he showed up before. <laughs> he's been here a long time, right? Do you want to hear more about it? You know, that's. Right. Okay. Greg, All right. that, let's move on. That, yeah. Let's... That was a good one, though, because I think one. that hopefully cleared some things up for, for people. Okay, so doesn't Second Thessalonians chapter 2 mention us being here to see the Antichrist emerge on the scene? Mm. Uh, Two-part question, why all this talk of being taken out of here prior to his appearance? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a, um, you know, uh, if you read that uh, Second Thessalonians verse up right here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Second Thessalonians 2, verse 1 and 2. Okay, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so he's coming at the rapture. We'll meet him in the air. He's also going to come again and return to the earth at the end of the seven-year tribulation. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So now and it says here, and by our gathering together unto him. Now, Paul's referring to now right now to the rapture. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, but here it goes into the next verse. That ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us. As here's the key thing people miss. As the day of Christ is at hand. And what's the next verse after that? You bring that up, uh, verse three. Okay. Day shall not come. <laughs> and let this one passed it. Go back down a little bit. Let no one deceive you, right? Yeah. And it says right here let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin shall be revealed, son of perdition. Okay. Now people say, okay. So the man of perdition and everything, uh, we have to fall in way. That all has to happen before the rapture. Wrong. Go back and read verse 2. It says, nor by letter, as from us, as the day of Christ, the day of the Lord, the seven-year tribulation is Mm -hmm. at hand. If you go to other, uh, if you go to other, um, um, if you go to other um, interpretations of the Bible, like the NIV and stuff like that, it says the day of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, and of course, um, in a second, uh, in uh, Acts two twenty, was to say the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before that great notable day of the Lord come. Yeah, they could say Christ, all right, but here Paul chose to say the day of Christ, mm-hmm. who is the Lord. So the day yes. of the Lord is Christ, the day of the Lord. So after, before the day of the Lord cometh. Okay, so. Where, where'd that go? Oh, I'm sorry. Where'd that verse go. 
So yeah, go back to Second Thessalonians and keep, yeah, keep so, reading. By the way, keep reading too, because right. he talks about who the Antichrist is. He says that he's going to mm-hmm. be the one who's going to go into the temple. He's going to do this. The and he, and he says the, that, um, but that he's not going to do that. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way, and then shall that wicked be revealed. So something has to be taken out of the way. Something has to be removed before right. the wicked one is revealed. So Paul says, listen, the, the end, the day of the Lord, all that is not going to happen until there's a, a falling away. Some people will call it a departure. It's the, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, the Greek word apostasia, which means, which means being removed or changed from a standing place. So that, that, that means that something is going to change. So all those things aren't that day Lord is not going to happen until the, the Antichrist is revealed onto the scene. Who and who is the Antichrist? He talks about it in verse four, five, six, the guy who's going to come and declare himself as God. But you also know, uh, for the mystery of iniquity already works, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way, and then the wicked one is revealed. And that's the one who's going to ultimately get consumed whom the lord right. shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and it says and like i said as in verse two as that day of christ is at hand the day of the lord the tribulation let no man deceive you for by any means for that day the day of the lord the seventh tribulation shall not come except there come a falling away first okay and the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition okay right. so we're, we're out of here that that's the day of the lord so in other words, okay. it's, it's taking it's taking the verses and putting them in context. Is that what that's what you're doing ultimately? You're you're because people can take it out of context and say, okay, well, you know, it says we're here, but you know, that's well, not what it's saying. Well, you also okay. can't stop reading in verse three. I mean, you know, the, mm-hmm. for the I, I when I when I say, hey, have you have you read the rest of it? They usually right. say, well. You know, I don't know much about the rest of it. I just know that here it says this. And I'm like, well, when is the wicked one revealed? The wicked one is revealed after the restrainer is removed. So something has to get removed before the wicked one is revealed. And it says here that the day of the Lord is not going to come until the man of sin be revealed. So something has to be removed. The the man of sin is revealed. And then the day of the Lord occurs. Those are the logical steps here. The... um, the two events that take place uh, is the the seven year tribulation starts and ends with two events: the rapture and the day of the Lord. And for those <clears throat> who are not raptured, including the Jews, in Malachi five it says, "Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord." So that's another that's another t- timestamp in the tribulation. So even the people who are left behind, the tribulation saints are going to have another opportunity up until Elijah's gone to be saved. It sort of seemed like Elijah is going to be one of those two witnesses. Uh, you know, it just, it just kind of, it feels like it's right because you're talking about, I'm going to send Elijah. I mean, you, there's going to be two witnesses. One's going to be able to send down fire, right? Um, One's going to be able to stop the rain, uh, you know. So it just seems like that 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 would make sense that you'd have Elijah in Jerusalem in front of that 
you know, newly being rebuilt temple and then ultimately the temple proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah before. And that's the, end. the Old Testament, the end, right? right? Malachi's, Malachi's yeah, the Old Testament. Exactly. So it's yeah. clearly telling us a lot. We've, this is, I didn't know much about this verse. This verse is telling us that Elijah is the prophet. It does seem like it, yeah. It says it And right also, now. like, why would all be, be all this talk about Moses' body and being disputed over? Yeah, that's an interesting... I mean, that's it's just like an interesting passage right yeah. there. You know, it's like in Jude, you're just kind of like, why would you... I mean, why is there a dispute? Why is there something going on around here about that? But I can see why there would be a dispute if, if God's like, he's going to be one of my witnesses. And Satan's right. like, oh, no, you're not allowed to do that. This guy can't be raised until the end. And God that tells like, you that tells yeah. you Satan knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. So that's why I think a lot of us believe it's uh, it's those two witnesses are Elijah and Moses. Yeah, I don't question Elijah anymore. I can't say certainly Moses. I, I believe it to be, but Elijah, I have no doubt, is one of them. Just seems weird to talk about his body if you're not going to use it later on. <laughs> Well, the fact that he showed on the top of the mountain and when Jesus was transfigured and talked with Elijah and Moses, and that happened right before the end of that seven-year period going into the uh, next uh, tribulation period. So could it could have been that Jesus was talking to the tag team, tag, you're it, get in there, get to work, right. yep. you know, do what I just did. They're hot. I got them hot and ready for you. They didn't believe me. So now, Moses, you got to come back. Elijah, you got to come back. And you gotta tell them that I'm the true Messiah. Okay. Maybe. So it's gonna be and, epic. And the fact that like, like you said, that there's this whole conversation, this narrative about Moses' body. Yeah. You know, people are, people are telling me, Oh, you know, Moses died and he got resurrected. No, Moses did not get resurrected. I don't believe that at all. Yeah. I believe all the old testament saints are still down there in their, you know, in their you know, their spirit form. But yeah. that body was key for some reason. Why exactly. does Satan have so much interest in that body of Moses? It was kind of right. weird about how he died as well. It's not like people like witnessed his death either. I mean, I think he went around the backside of the mountain and then they were just like, Moses is dead. Uh, he didn't come back, you know? So it's like, hmm, what, what, what really happened? We Obviously, uh, there was the a dispute over his body. Well, the body, the Bible talks about how his body was glowing white. He had a, he had a, wear a veil, sure. you know? So it's, there was something going on. God did something to his body so that it was prepared. It will be prepared for a later date. Cool. So I think that's what was going right. on. In yeah. So the two guys that had extraordinary events with their bodies, Elijah mm-hmm. was raptured. Yeah. yeah. So it's clear that these two bodies are set aside. And the verse continues to say that, that it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Yeah. So he's saying that he's going to convert them to acceptance of Christ. Sounds like a bunch of witnessing to me. Right. Right. And the only (laughs) two guys that had issues with their bodies, Elijah and Moses, that have amazing stories to them. It's clear that there's yeah. two witnesses. I, you know, I, what's I, also interesting is that when Elijah was taken up in that whirlwind, it doesn't say that Elijah's body was changed or that he was glorified. He just right. said he was taken up in a whirlwind. So, right. Bob, that's an interesting thought there about that, too. Well, so what do you guys have to say to uh, the people who say, okay, well, Jesus said that John the Baptist is the Elijah to come. So what do you, what do you say to that, though? 
he was operating under the protocols of Elijah. Mm-hmm. It was a spiritual mm-hmm. protocol that he was anointed with as a double portion anointing mm-hmm. on him that was enabled him to uh, execute his ministry. Right. Uh, and, it wasn't, and, and Jesus never said that John um, was actually Elijah. I mean, he, he, he didn't say that, Greg. I mean, well, he said he, he is the Elijah to come. If yeah. To right. But he didn't say he is Elijah. No, he didn't say he is Elijah. Right. Right. There's, so there's a difference there, right? I mean, the, yeah. the, the, John was, a, like I said, like Bob said, it's a type. And he said, you know, when he was told that John was killed, he didn't say Elijah was killed, right? I mean, Jesus would be like, who's John? Mm-hmm. That'd be like me right now operating under the uh, the, the protocols of uh, the sons of Stephen. You know, I talked about that, that new Bible prophecy and stuff like that, under the protocols, under the spirit of Joseph, you know, dreams and visions. It's a protocol. It's a spiritual protocol that Joseph partook in. Okay, and I could label it the spirit of Joseph, you know, but it's a spiritual anointing from the Lord through the Holy Spirit that was given upon Joseph and the sons of Stephen, you know, that given to the people like the four of us here, you know, yeah. who understand Bible prophecy, see, understand the signs of the times like the sons of Stephen did, you know. Well, so what's interesting, Bob, is that John was like a, a big witness. For Jesus. I mean, when he says, behold, the Lamb of God, you know, takes away the sin of the world and baptizes them. And then after that, continues to baptize people. I mean, he's witnessing about Jesus during that whole period of time there. And so he was, um, you know, he's got that spirit of witnessing, the spirit of Elijah in, in him. Um, yeah. So you can see why, why, why the parallels are there, Greg. Plus, Elijah, one thing about Enoch, Enoch was a Gentile. Yeah, he wasn't a Jew. He was, he was before Abraham. He, he was so before Noah. Why would the Jews listen to a Gentile? He was before Noah. He was the yeah. seventh, right? Seventh from Adam, Enoch. Yeah, he was there, and then he wasn't. Yeah, uh, Enoch was a type of the church, probably. Maybe that's what was going on there. Maybe I like that idea. Sure, why not? The Gentile, the name, right? Taken. Yep. The, the name Elijah says a lot too. Uh, before the flood, when Jesus was saying he's the Elijah to come. Elijah just means Yahweh is God. So he's just saying that God is to come. Like, you know, he's this is this Elijah name has something to do with the spirit of God. And he's using it with multiple people in these prophets, including Elijah, John the Baptist. Um, and there's some correlation there. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, we have to realize that there are going to be theologians that disagree with that, but they can disagree with it. We're bringing it to the, yeah, we're bringing it to the table. Uh, We should keep going so we can get to some more questions. Well, I do want to mention one more thing, Greg, of course, and that is Mm -hmm. even though uh, Moses and Elijah is going to be, are going to be here, doesn't mean that people are going to listen to them and believe them. I mean, as a matter of fact, they're, they're going to, Jesus already said, you killed the prophets here um, before. Uh, so I think it's kind of a foreshadowing of what's going to happen again, because those two witnesses are going to be killed. And you know what people are going to do? They're not going to weep over them. They're going to rejoice. They're going to celebrate. I'm telling you, Jewish people that are going to be living there, that are going to hear them claim to be prophets of Judaism, basically, of, of the heritage of the Jews all the way back are going to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you think the Jewish people in Israel are going to appreciate that? No, they are not going to appreciate it. They are going to be happy when these two are dead and not speaking anymore. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. 
Well, tells you, I don't mean go on, but think about how many I'm times they dead. think about how Ooh, many. Yeah, they're going to be they're dead, Bob. Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. Well, think yeah. about how many times they must try to kill them. Yeah. It says that they have to. Right. Elijah shoots fire from the sky or out of his mouth. Like these guys, yeah. uh, there's multiple hits put on these guys by the Jewish community. It's not just the Antichrist. Right. It says in like manner that right. they're going to, to to basically retaliate. So if someone's going to shoot a gun at them and put bolt try to put bolts in them. Bolts are going to fire back out. <laughs> so right. yeah, Bob, they're not going to be happy. They're going to until they're dead. All right. I let All you right. get that little pit in there because it's your birthday. But anyway, um, so. Otherwise, no. <laughs> so aren't those who are called the tribulation saints or you people call the tribulation saints part of the body of Christ? Aren't they the same saints? We're going to be here for it, aren't we? We're going to be here for the tribulation. Oh, no. You got to go. No. Okay. You got to go to Revelation. Um, you got to go to Revelation. I think it's 19 in order to see what the, what their de- what their um, destination's going to be. Let me see. Is it the 19? Uh it says, yes, it says, um, uh, make wars, um, is it 19? Let's see. They fell down to worship. Um, uh, and I saw heaven open as fire and then they clothed, uh, and, uh, they were, and let's see, you know, the flesh and the horse and the captured. And the two were there. And then I think it's Revelation um, 20. Um, yes. And so it does. It's, so it states that these tribulation saints are basically going to be part of the first resurrection. That it said here, it says here actually in Revelation 20, verse 4, it says, Then I saw thrones and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the marks on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for 1,000 years. Okay, so this is after Jesus has already returned. And 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 that the um, and in verse three, uh, verse one, the angel comes down holding the key to the bottomless pit. He sees the dragon and he throws him into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. And then those who were beheaded come to life. So we are different. We get, there is a multitude of, of people that are raptured. We are different. We are coming back with them. But those who were beheaded during the tribulation period, who did not take the mark and were beheaded. Those people are going to be brought to life after Satan is actually cast into the bottomless pit. These are two big groups of people that are handled very differently. So you cannot match, you cannot, um, you know, mix and match tribulation saints, those who come to Christ after the rapture, with those who are already um, glorified and were caught up, who are alive and remain. Remember, this verse talks about. I uh, go to verse four real quick again, Greg. It says those um, who are dead, who are dead, basically. It says, um, yeah, keep going, keep going down to the bottom four. There we go. Neither is there on the earth. And they lived and uh, go up a little bit. It's rain. It's verse four. And um, and they reigned with uh, right here. Uh, 
the, the, them that were beheaded, okay? These people were not alive. If you're beheaded, you're not living. You are dead. Uh, so these people, it says, and they lived and reigned with Christ for, uh, for 1,000 years. This is talking about people who died and then who were beheaded for taking the mark, and those, and those same people are, are, are raised. Are they part of the body yeah. of Christ? Absolutely, they are part of the body of Christ. 100% they are part of the body of Christ. They are going to be um, reigning with Christ 1,000 years. Do you think that part of the body is going to, is, is, uh, who's something who's not part of the body is going to be reigning with Christ for a thousand years? Of course not. The body of Christ is made up of multiple parts. One part is, is of course, um, Christ who is the head, but we who are going to be raptured, um, either dead in Christ or alive and remain, and those who are going to be beheaded for the for not taking the mark and, and saved after during the tribulation, that makes up the body of Christ. Right. The tribulation saints are created during the opening of the seals. We leave before the seals are open. And I talked about in my video, too, that the seals, you know, the, the four horsemen, they don't create the chaos. They just accelerate the chaos. Okay. We already have hyperinflation here. But that black horse comes up, comes and dumps hot sauce all over the thing. It makes it 100% worse. You know, like Revelation 6, 9, it says, and when, I, and when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And 10, it says, and they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth. Now, when we're called up there to the rapture, resurrection, all right, am I going to be calling out to the Lord, hey, someone needs to avenge my blood on the earth, Lord? He's like, why, Bob? You got raptured. Well, you should do it anyways. You know, it doesn't <laughs> work that way. See, because we got raptured out of here. But after we got raptured out, the seals got open, and these people began getting killed. Yep. And when they got killed during the tribulation, during the seven seals opening, the first three and a half years for the first six seals, they begin to gather under the altar. And right. eventually they're given white robes. That and fifth said, seal to give the, get, the, right. get the robes. Mm -hmm. get, the, get the white robes. And they said they're told to wait until that number of them is fulfilled. Right. And, then, and then it says in verse uh, Revelation 7, 14, And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation exactly. and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. All right? So, yeah, they are, you know, we're not going to be in the great tribulation, mm -hmm. right? Whether the first three and a half years or second three and a half years, okay? That's their lot. And God has them going through that for a reason because what they go through in the gospel that they're saved by, the everlasting gospel, when they get resurrected, through those protocols, that puts them into those thrones because of what they went through and because how they died and the gospel they died under. Right? God has this whole thing all planned out. He has. He, there are people that God. I hate to say this, but He needs people here dying during the tribulation because He needs people sitting on these thrones. <laughs> you know, and but of course there are people out there that are just you know, hey, you know, I don't believe in the rapture. I don't believe being saved by grace. Those maybe those are the people that are like, yeah. Um, the Lord's like, I'm you know, I'm gonna let them believe that because eventually I'm gonna have them sitting on the throne down here. You know, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you know God works in mysterious ways. 
you know, to fulfill his will, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Tribulation is in this world, as if we live on it now, you know, tribulation is part of being the bride of Christ with the, you know, the world is, we're set apart from the world and the great tribulation. That's a judgment. That's wrath. And in Thessalonians, he clearly states that the bride is not appointed to wrath. So these people going through the tribulation, you know, this is time out time. They're, they're getting punishment for a reason. If they call on the name of the Lord, they'll be saved. But the whole purpose is for the adulterous wife known as Israel to be reconciled with her groom, which is God. And that's why this judgment is coming upon them. And that's why we're gone. The church is not going to be here. The bride is going to get taken away. These people who lost their lives for Christ are getting blessed because they were faithful unto death. And God said, if you're faithful to me unto death, I will take care of you. So in the new Jerusalem, they're going to be able to be in the new Jerusalem. The millennial saints and the tribulation saints that walk in, they're not getting into the new Jerusalem. They're here on earth. Hmm. We'll be able to go between the new Jerusalem and earth. Whereas the millennial saints and tribulation saints that don't get martyred, they're flesh and blood. They're just going to be able to live in the days of Noah and the days of Adam. So... That tribulation is strictly uh, for punishment and to purge any doubt. And that's what it's for. It's not, it's uh, the bride and those loyal to Christ, uh, you know, are not going to be going through that. And there's plenty of examples where God has done that, including Elijah, you know, a faithful servant. And he came and got him. Yeah, people died. There were apostles that died for the faith. But that's what, that's what it took that's the amount of faith they had, including Stephen, uh, is what converted a lot of people. So, and that's what's going to happen again during the tribulation. Those who die for the faith and, and are killed and martyred will be converting other people with the faith that they have. Okay. So that could be a lead into the next question. Well, didn't the disciples go through trials, torment, and even death? I mean, mm-hmm. even other brothers and sisters in Christ go right. through that. Shouldn't we, as the body of Christ, need to go through that too? Mm. Yeah, we're already That's going not, through it. We are going through. through we are. I mean, we, I have missionaries that got killed. We have yeah. people feed my sheep that worked for it that are no longer here, you know, because they were killed. So we're going through it. Yeah, just because we're here in the United States, we make about 6% of this globe, and we're not getting killed here yet. Man, this stuff is crazy. If you try, you try to go preaching the gospel in Syria, see how far you get. Tried in the Philippines. Okay. Yeah, one of the it's, verses. It's that, one of the verses that they'll use, though, uh, and you mentioned this one, Greg. It was in John seventeen, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and they said, you know, hey, um, didn't the Lord pray that uh, that they would be, you know, that his disciples basically would would stay here, um, and and that you know they they're not going to be removed. Well. Part of um, rightly dividing the word um, right here in John 17, 15, right? I pray that thou should, shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from the evil. Okay, so don't take them out of the world. Well, of course, Jesus is going to pray that don't take them out of the world. Why would you want to take his messengers, his disciples out of the world? I mean, you, you wouldn't have any of those books of the Bible, 
uh, you wouldn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because they hadn't written them by that period of time. So, so God takes them out of the world. They don't get to write anything. So um, that's one thing. That's just one of the reasons. But Jesus prays something specifically regarding that. Go, but, but go ahead and pull up verse 20. And if you rightly divide the word, and this is about what it means to one of the reasons why we rightly divide. It says in verse 20, uh, neither pray I for these alone, but guess who? But for them also which shall believe on me. How? Through their word, through the word of the disciple. Okay, then what is it? Then keep on going down. And it says exactly what he'd like to happen with, with, with those people. He's like, I want them to be in me and, and, and have the glory that I've given them. They may be one, even as, as we are one. Keep going on down. And uh, I in them, thou in me, they may be perfect in love. Father, I ask, I will, that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. Aha! Where is Jesus going to be at the rapture? He is going to descend from heaven. He's going to be in the air and he is going to catch us up into the air where to be with him. So there is a specific prayer for the disciples. And there is a specific prayer for those who believe from the word that the disciples have written. And, 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 and so that is a key distinction. There are two different prayers here for two different groups of people. So, yes, we are going to have trials and tribulation. Jesus said, if the world hated me and they did, they're going to hate you too. So if you are preaching the gospel and you are out there every single day talking about it, you are going to get persecuted. You're going to get hammered by, by, by people. It could be all the way from people calling you names, doxing you, doing all kinds of those things, all the way to death. There's a huge gamut there of what you could run into in terms of persecution of how, how you do it and where you do it. Uh, makes a big difference there. But if you're just sitting on the sidelines, not doing anything, and you're like, well, hell, I haven't, I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't received any, um, well, I haven't received any uh, persecution yet. Well, are you out there doing stuff like these disciples were? These disciples were in the streets and they were getting thrown in jail and they were like, you're not allowed to talk about Jesus anymore. And these guys are like, we're going to obey God. We're not going to obey you. I mean, have you done that? I mean, let's see how far that gets you these days in, in terms of, you know, getting persecuted. So, yes, we are going to have that, but we do not have the same des final destination as the disciples did. The disciples, were uh, many of them died for their faith, did they not? I mean, they were, they were killed for their faith. And Jesus said, Try protect them from evil and then keep them here. But he says, for those who believe, then you bring them to me. And so we are going to be brought to him. And, and some people are like, we have, we, why hasn't it already happened? We're already in, you know, in turmoil, big turmoil. We've already got big problems here. This world's gone crazy. Why haven't we already gone? So you can make the other case of that it's, it's not soon enough. So, mm -hmm. but it's all, but it is his timing and it's perfect timing. And someone, I think it was Chester who asked Bob, he's like, what if we are here for seven more years? Well, count it all joy. Praise the Lord. We have more time to be here and to be able to preach the gospel. And so even more people will go into the rapture at that point. That's the way I look at it. That it is a sad question. Of course, we all want to be with him. He wants to be with us because we, this is not our home. We don't like it here. Okay. We want to, we want to come back when it's going to be great. 
but we but we're we're like you know we don't like what's going on now but you know what we have to do we got to finish the race we got to continue to run while we're in this race we got to keep going so yeah sad but at the same time forge ahead forge ahead if we got to be here for another seven years or 70 more years mm-hmm. we got to forge ahead doesn't look yeah. like but i can tell you this that if you're giving up now then you haven't run your race to the full yeah jesus and all those apostles <clears throat> didn't die for anything so if we got to go through seven more years or 70 it is what it is and a lot of those apostles including stephen all the people converted when they saw them glorifying god at their death uh, I'm pretty sure John the Revelator was killed a few times and protected. A lot of these apostles were killed a few times. Paul was. And, right. And John was poisoned and beaten and they couldn't kill him. So Paul was either, stoned. Right. Either they died and got died in the shipwreck. Them, right. <laughs> and then there were other apostles that were so strong in their faith that they convert. I forget which one it was. I don't know. I don't know if it was Philip or someone else. They were preaching the word. Someone they brought them to the king, and the uh, one of the kingsmen was like uh, so um, converted by the faith that he had that he accepted Christ, and the king beheaded both of them in that moment. Mm. But at least that guy is in paradise. Yeah, right. So all you know, th- these other apostles were saying, "Feed me to the lions." Let I, I welcome the, my bones being crushed because they knew what was waiting for them. You could never imagine saying that. Maybe right. in your last moments with the faith you have, you would, but logically you, you'd be running. I see guys camping when a bear walks up to them and I think, oh my God. So like, you know, these, all these deaths and all these, these um, horrific events, they all glorify Christ. There wasn't one that went down the wrong road. They all glorify Christ. Um, so you know, persecution is good. You know, if you're not a millionaire, good. God doesn't want you to be. He doesn't trust you with a million bucks. You know, that's that's why you don't have a million bucks. How many times well, have we Well, one thing on that is that it says it's easier for a camel to go to the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of That of blows heaven. me away, that parable. So that uh, God's like saying, I want you to be in the kingdom of heaven. That's why you're right. not rich. Well, so, there's nothing wrong with being God. wealthy. <laughs> right. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy if you're doing things for Christ and you do I know there's, there's listen, I know there's preachers on YouTube that were millionaires and they gave their money away and they, you know, they still have a life and they, so if you have come from money, it's not a bad thing either. You know, there was Joseph and these Joseph was blessed beyond understanding. So yeah, it's okay to be good. wealthy. Abraham had land and animals that will uh, Solomon, I mean, come on, it goes on forever. Joseph did use it for good, right? I mean, he planned ahead. He got he had the the the, the food uh, gathered together so that when the famine came, that his family could come down and get fed. fed. That was awesome, um, and that it saved it saved the tribe of uh, of uh, saved all the tribes basically is what it did. So um, yeah, without that, you don't have an Israel, do you? And it's so, the same thing you always say with about the the, um, the iron, the silver, and fire refining. Mm-hmm. Like that, 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 that helps you become the body yeah. of Christ. Uh, you know, the guys in prison going through horrific events, you know, people losing people, killing their friends in car accidents. I mean, well, remember Shadrach, old- Meshach and Abednego, they said, you know, our God's going to save us. But even if he doesn't, we're still going right. to, we're still not going to worship you. We're still going to. So that even was, that was another coming. I wanted to add of God showing up was in the yeah. furnace, Kevin. 
Yeah, yeah, another, yeah. Another, another Christ appearance, okay. right? Well, right. it's another good lead into the next question. So uh, isn't the Great Tribulation period something we should all embrace and consider as another trial? Oh. We should all be found worthy to go through? I mean, come on. I, I, it's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, isn't isn't the day of the Lord like a day of clouds and something you're not supposed to look forward to? Isn't that exactly what the Bible talks about? It, Jesus talks about it being the worst time. No, it never before, and no, never again. Aren't we supposed to embrace that? No uh, and yet the Bible says, "Pray that you're worthy to escape all these things." I mean, I think that's the one we need to be uh, to embrace the the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It doesn't say the glorious coming, by the way. It says the glorious appearing. So, I mean, that's the blessed hope, right? That we have that, and that we are going to be removed. That we are going to be taken out that we are not going to have to go through that. No, we should not embrace going through the great tribulation. I, for anybody who is is a glutton uh, for punishment and a glutton to be killed. And you know what? It's very possible that God's going to give them their very wish. Because God tends to uh, people. <laughs> I'll say uh, Romans, uh, Romans 8.18, which says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen. So our sufferings are not even compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. So that goes to show you that we don't need to go suffer through the tribulation in order to bring in the glory of Christ to be manifested through the rapture resurrection. Right. Okay. I mean, there's, you know, granted, yeah, the Bible talks about when we, we, we suffer, let it count as a glory to you. They, they celebrated when they are suffering. Okay. But, the, the suffering of the seven-year tribulation is missing the rapture. It's missing the boat. <laughs> what about the ones who are already dead? dead? What's that? So what about the ones who are already dead in Christ? They didn't go through the tribulation. So what? They're huh. not eligible for salvation either? Ooh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I know, lot, I know people that died, you know, believers that died, and they, they led a decent life. They didn't suffer. So I guess they don't get to be resurrected because they no. didn't get to suffer. They didn't who go suffered the great Bob. Too bad. 2,000 right. years ago, who suffered? Jesus. Yeah. Who right. took on the wrath of God? Jesus. Jesus suffered and died for our sins. Okay, yes. Apostle Paul talks about like we will go through tribulations, but not the great tribulation. And who, who makes us worthy? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes us worthy. Okay, we receive it as a gift because we have faith. And when the Holy Spirit dwells within you, guess what? God looks at you and says, you're worthy because my seed is in you. Okay, and just because you go and suffer, all right, doesn't make you worthy of God. You know, my sons are important to me because they are my sons. They are my seed. They are my descendants, okay? But you can have some... Guide kid down the street that puts himself through all the suffering shows up in my house all big. Hey, I'm suffering. Can I come in now? I'm like, no, I don't know you. I don't know you. It's too bad you're suffering, but I still don't know you. Get out of here. <laughs> you know. So if you don't have, if you're not a child of God, you might be suffering. It's you're suffering in vain. You're still not saved. We're also not appointed to God's wrath. I mean that. That's another big verse too. There, I mean, we we are not appointed to his full wrath. It's just not. It's it's not for us to go through. So, no, it's I, like I said. You got just be very careful about what you what you hope for and what you want, um, because you may just get that. And and look at we, 
A requirement of being saved is not to give up your life for Christ. It's the exact opposite. It's to believe yeah. that he gave up his life for us. Amen. Right. Well, uh, yeah. So isn't the rapture a dangerous teaching, though? Doesn't it make people assume we won't have to go through major troubles or hardships in life? Who's, who, who says that we don't have to go through major, major troubles and hardships? If someone's saying that, flee from those people because they're obviously not, not having, don't read the word. They don't understand the word. The word says that we are going to have trials and tribulations. Yes, we are. As a believer, you should actually be going through more trials and tribulations than a non-believer because this world accepts non-believers and not the whole secularism of that, but they don't like the belief of Jesus Christ. Look what they've turned Resurrection Sunday into. You, we talked about it earlier. It's a furry rabbit that goes around and, and, and guides the president around. I mean, <laughs> that's what the holidays become. Uh, so, you know, the 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 day was supposed to be there to to recognize that Jesus rose from the dead. And did you hear anybody outside of any religion, uh, religious person? And I say religious, meaning somebody who's a believer who was talking and giving a message yesterday about Jesus Christ rising from the dead. Did you not yesterday, but Sunday? Did you hear anybody else? Did you hear the government say anything about it? Did you hear anybody else talk about it? No. The answer is no. They talked about the Easter Bunny. So um, that. Yeah, the Easter Bunny. If you are in the Word and you are in Christ, you are you know you're going to have trials and tribulations, but that right. doesn't mean that you have to be beheaded for your faith. Well, let's compare apples to oranges. Tribulations that Paul told us we're going to go through. You have tribulations, all type of tribulations, all throughout your life. You know, either you're going into one, or you're coming out of one. Okay, but compared to hundred pound <clears throat> hailstones hitting you, yeah. mountains of fire hitting you, okay. 10 plagues, you know, a, a six-seal earthquake, the great tribulation. Now, that is not a point for us. Right. Okay, so, so we'll go through tribulations, but not the great tribulation. Let alone being made to have a choice. You either worship the beast and take the image of his name, and then, or you get beheaded. I mean, that, that is a choice for people who did not accept Jesus prior to the rapture. They are going to have to make that choice. But we who have already accepted, we don't have to make that choice. We've already made the choice. If we had to die right now for our faith, then we would do so. But but God is not a vengeful God. He's not going to smite and, and make everyone die for their faith. That's just not who he is. That's not his character. He actually gives people, you know, these times and periods to be able to to go through it without, you know, without having to die. I mean, and then later on, you're going to have to. I mean, so which one are you going to choose? That's what I would turn it around and ask them, Greg. Which one would you rather choose? Which one would you rather have? Do you want to go and give up your life? You might, if, if so, then you. who knows? Maybe God will allow you to do that. Mm -hmm. All the more power to you. But, you know, personally, Greg, I'm not. I, if, I, if I don't have to, I'm not going to choose it. Well, you guys came up with some pretty good answers there. I really appreciate that. Um, good stuff. I, I really, I really do appreciate that. That went really quick. That segment. Yeah, we might have to do. We might have to do another one. I know, huh? Just, just without that intro, I know. Sorry, guys. Sorry, folks. No, no, um, the intro was all right. Hilarious. Uh, <laughs> little retro intro. Little retro. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I think uh, we can stop here, but. Um, 
Lord willing, we'll be back next week. Uh, any last comments, thoughts? Just um, enjoy it. Enjoy yourselves right now. Stay pr- stay prayed up because uh, we got to the Saturday, the seven days of uh, the Feast of uh, for the First Fruits, the Feast of Passover ends. So anything can happen. Anything can happen. I, I could say, oh, yeah, Pat, Rapture Resurrection. It's going to be at Pentecost. Ends up being this Friday. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's yeah. just uh, it, always remember that's our blessed hope. I mean, you, you know, it's just it's our blessed hope. You know, you but, can't you, yeah. until we cro- until you actually cross that bridge. Whatever it is that you're fearing, just remember that the rapture can always take place before then. Yeah, it's better to keep your keep your oil and your lamp full, and uh, make sure you always have it full. And you know, keep watching, and uh, you know, be ready. Be ready. I mean, the rapture can happen, and uh, you don't want to be caught unaware. So keep keep watching how uh, things are rolling, and stay in the Word, and um, count it all joy as much as you possibly can, because uh, you know this is the Lord day the Lord's made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. That's it's not easy to do, but uh, if you can do that, you're a lot better off. Let's put it that way. And every tribulation, small. And great is a blessing. God will bless you for no, no matter what size tribulation. If you wake up, your car doesn't start, that's the world coming after you. If you wake up and somebody gives you bad news, that's a tribulation. God measures the tribulations all the same. So it's all a blessing. So when, when it comes at you, just hang tight. Yeah. Somebody famous said, hang in there for we are almost, almost finished. <laughs> Amen. 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 Oh, it wouldn't be uh it wouldn't be enough time without doing some kind of birthday surprise. Oh, hey. Kevin. Wow, that's probably the only time you're going to hear me sing. Well, hallelujah. We're going to we're going to sing and praise Jesus all day long. And uh, we thank you, Father, for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. You've done. You continue to do in our lives. Lord, we thank you for this ministry. May it be for you and um, everything that comes out of our mouths. Lord God, let it be. Uh, let it be worthy. Let it be uh, stuff that comes from your spirit, from your will. Lord, we do this for you in honor of you, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name. We pray for protection over each and every person who's listening, who's watching tonight live and on the recordings. Um, we just uh, thank you for those precious precious ones, Lord. We thank you so much for them. And um, come, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. Amen. 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 Amen.